And Jason wasn't supposed to be here today because of work, but work uh, submitted to the will of the Lord, and uh, he was here. So I'm glad you're here, brother. Appreciate you. How y'all feeling this morning? I appreciate y'all coming out in the weather because uh, it was nasty this morning. It was, it was pretty nasty, but thank y'all for being here. If you're watching online, glad you're tuned in with us. Uh, listen, we're going to start off the year uh, talking about an important subject, and that's prayer. I want us really digging into this this morning because uh, I think it's extremely important. Uh, all the things that God wants to do, all the, the things that he wants to use you for, if we're not in prayer and communication with the Father, then we're going to miss out on a lot of things. Yeah. And so we're going to hit on that this morning. But first, I just want to pray over you guys. We can't pray enough. Uh, but I, I feel like there's some people this morning maybe that's dealing with... Uh, 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 suppressive thoughts, depressive thoughts this morning. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because the last thing somebody's being, you know, in that situation, want to do like, yeah, let, let me tell everybody else. But listen, I want to pray over you because I feel like the Lord wants to do something in your heart and your mind this morning. And uh, so, so Father, I'm going to jump right into this. Lord, I, I thank you for every single family in this building this morning, every person in this building this morning. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling right now with, with thoughts that are bringing them down to a low place, God. I want them to know that you are there, right there with them, God, in that place. Then you want to help bring them out of that, Father God. And we speak against any lies the enemy has been telling people that has been planting in their ears of who they really are or what they're really called to do. God, all that comes from you. You are the only voice, God, we care to listen to. And so we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us, that you're with us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, we know all throughout Scripture that when God's people pray and they come together, things happen. Sometimes we don't get the results or the, res the response we are looking for, and that can be frustrating sometimes, but God still moves. And walking through that can be challenging sometimes, but what I know is just that God is always moving. He's always doing something. Which is why I hate to hear when, when some people say, you know, God's only moving at this place or that place. No, God is always doing something. And we can't lose sight of that. And sometimes it's small things, sometimes it's big things, but God is always doing something. All right? So today we're going to look in uh, the Old Testament, Second Chronicles chapter 6 and 7, kind of bounce around a little bit. Uh, just to give you some context, Solomon has ascended to the throne. He's now king, King Solomon. All right? Um, the first uh, few chapters from, from 1 to 5-ish uh, is talking about Simon, uh, Simon, not Simon says, Solomon building the temple first. And then they detail the construction, the furnishing, uh, the, the layout of the location for the Ark of the Covenant, all those different things in the temple. And so chapter 6 picks up where Solomon's giving a blessing and, and praying uh, for the people of Israel. That's where I want to look at uh, chapter 6, verse 12. It said, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel, and he lifted his hands in prayer. I just want to stop for just a second. There's been a lot of talk right now with the NFL, with what's going on with the uh, player from the Buffalo Bills uh, who was injured, and they're making a lot of noise about the sportscaster who stopped to pray during a broadcast. I think it was on ESPN maybe or one of those programs. And a lot of memes are going around, like, you know, now the NFL wants to have prayer back in, and all this. And like, look, if I can just encourage you to something, don't share that stuff. Right. It's not encouraging, it's not uplifting, and it's not bringing anybody closer to Jesus by having a meme yeah. that makes fun of people's disposition towards the church or Christians or whatever. That instead of sharing that kind of stuff, just pray. Yes. Just pray. 
Stop trying to be this uh, keyboard warrior and the superhero for uh, justice for the church. Just pray for those people instead of sharing something that seems very mocking in its tone anyway. But it's pretty amazing how much uh, you go on social media in those, those few days. How many people were just saying, hey, we got to pray. We got to pray for this guy. Pray for his family. I don't, not, not good vibes. Not good thoughts. It was, hey, let's, we, let's pray because we need a miracle right now. And God has moved tremendously in this young man's life. I mean, tremendous. So anyway, rabbit trail. and didn't take my meds today. I apologize. All right. Uh-huh. So in verse 13, now Solomon had built or had made a bronze platform seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, four and a half feet high, and had placed it at the center of the temple's outward courtyard. Outer courtyard. He stood on the platform, and then he knelt in front of the entire community of Israel and lifted his hands toward heaven. This is what we need to see more leaders doing, honestly. Uh, not necessarily building the altar, but standing before the people that are leading, bosses, all right, for your employees, uh, community leaders, church leaders, standing before your people and saying, no, let's, let's go to God. He's our source. We need to go to him first, right? And then he prayed, O Lord, a God of Israel, there is no God like you in all of heaven and earth. You keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all who walk before you in wholehearted devotion. You have kept your promise to your servant, David, my father. You have made that promise with your own mouth. God bless you. And with your own hands, you have fulfilled it today. And now, O Lord, God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you have made to your servant, David, my father. For you said to him, if your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow my law as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O Lord, God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant, David. But will God really live on earth among his people, among people? Why, even the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less the temple I have built. He goes on to talk about this relationship with God. How God is present, he is hearing, he is seeing, he's doing, he's responding. Here's what I know about God is that what he did in the Old Testament, he's still doing today. He's still present, he's still listening, he's still responding, he's still doing. God has not stopped moving among his people he has not stopped using his people to carry out his mission so god responds in chapter 7 it says in verse 1 chapter 7 when solomon finished praying fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the lord filled the temple the presence the priest could not enter the temple of the lord because the glorious presence of the lord filled it when all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down, the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. He is, his faithful love endures forever. Then on the night, the Lord appeared to Solomon uh, and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as a place for making sacrifices. At times, I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. But then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I'll always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. We're going to stop there. Such a cool story about God and the, the, the very early parts of the temple and worship being established and, uh, through Solomon. And, uh, and I know his promise is still true today. If we can just humble ourselves and get out of the way and go to God first, God still listens. He still listens. 
Let me just poll you guys and just embarrass you in front of all, because it's a safe place, right? Safe place. If you're watching online, raise your hand when I ask a question, okay? How many of you struggle with a daily prayer life? How many of you are lying this morning? <laughs> yeah. It's hard sometimes. Let's just be honest. It's hard to, to do that. But, you know, we're in a new year, and we preached this a couple of years ago, maybe, that, maybe a couple of years now, that the false narrative that it takes, you can change your habit in 21 days or something like that. That's not real. Uh, it it's actually takes a lot longer than that for some people. Some people can get a new habit in 20 days or 21 days, whatever it is. But the reality is you have to start and you have to keep going. Going to the gym is really difficult, especially early in the morning. Right, Chris? He's my accountability partner, and he mooches off my black card membership at Planet Fitness. But it's really hard sometimes to get in this routine. And here's what I know about this is that if we aren't seeking the face of the Lord as often as we can, we're, we're going to fall into these areas where the enemy can start poking at us and prodding at us and trying to sway us away from who God's called us to be and what he's called us to do. And pretty soon we'll start listening to other voices that sound really good and truthful, but they don't line up with God's word. And so... Now, if we're not in communication with someone, then the relationship begins to break down. God doesn't want that relationship to break down, so we have to talk to him. We have to be in communication with him. Listen, this new year, 2023, I asked you last week, what are you going to do different now than you did last year? Maybe it's just starting to say, look, I can't, I can't sit still for an hour and pray to the Lord. I don't think God's asking you to do that if you're like me. With, you know, while Paul, I think Paul says pray without ceasing. Just as you think about it, just start praying. And you're going to get on something else, and you're going to remember it again, start praying again, and just keep doing it. Let it become just part of your day and, and how you communicate. And if you talk out loud, who cares if people think you're crazy? They probably already think you're crazy. Just let it out, okay? Just pray. Um, but I, I know this. We have to. We have to be pursuing God in this way because we're going to miss out on so many different things. It's hard to pursue a relationship if we never communicate with the person that we're trying to communicate with. I was talking to someone in this very room. I won't mention who they are, but said that, hey, I'm going to FaceTime this person and have a, you know, hang out with this person over FaceTime. That is not hanging out with a person <laughs> unless they're in California and that's all you can do at the time. Hey, right? All right. But if they live in the same city as you, you don't have to FaceTime them <laughs> to hang out with them. It's not, a, it's not real. It's just, it's very surface level. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to pray when someone else prays, and I, I pray today. Well, no, you didn't. You heard somebody else pray, and your eyes were closed, maybe. Your head was down, maybe, and your phone was maybe off to the side with solitaire on pause. <laughs> but that's not a real relationship. Yeah. If I only talk to you like this, and I'm like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, sure, I heard what you said. Are you going to think we had a real communication uh, opportunity here and, and a real conversation? No, you're not going to think that at all. So you blew me off. So how do we think that we can have a real relationship with God when we treat him the same way? I'm going to FaceTime you because it's convenient, it's easy, it's quick, it's already going to happen anyway. So let me just go ahead and I'll, I'll check it off my list. I prayed this week and, you know, when the Lord really moved this week, didn't he? But what happened to the other 157 hours or whatever it is, 67 hours you have, 67 hours that you have throughout the week? What's God doing there? 
What did God say to you one of those hours outside of the one you have here at Life Church? I know this, that when God's people come together, something happens. There's moments where in Scripture we see individual people praying and God moving, groups, corporately, which is what we're seeing here with Solomon where everybody's coming together and he's praying. And God responds and burns up the offering, which that would be kind of cool to see. I mean, that would be really cool. Maybe we'll do something like that next week, maybe. Huh? I'm just kidding. You know, it reminds me of one of my favorite Christmas movies is uh, Elf. And, and um, it's right below the Santa Claus, okay? Santa Claus and the Elf. But there's a, there's a whole idea in here that Buddy the Elf is he's silly, and he has this innocence about him that he knows that he can bring Christmas joy by doing certain things. And there's nothing that anyone can do to, to, to change that belief in him because he's lived it. And so he has this girl that he meets, right, and he's trying to explain to her about what singing can do to spread joy. And, of course, it's funny and... His singing voice is terrible. Um, and, you know, uh, anyway, it's, re- it's a really good movie. But at the end, the girlfriend, Jovi, she starts singing. And it begins to change her and change, you know, and then everybody's joining in and everybody's just singing it as one voice. To me, that's what prayer is like. It's like when people come together, something happens. Atmospheres begin to change. Stuff begins to move and shift, and we start seeing God move in ways we've never seen before. He was already doing it. We just never saw it because we weren't in communication with it. We didn't understand how he worked because it's hard to know what Brittany likes if I never talk to Brittany. It's hard for me to know what her her, um, dislikes are if I never spend time with her and have a relationship with her and vice versa. So the same with God. Like, I can see God move in so many different ways only because I'm connected to God at an intimate level. And then if we're all doing that, and then we all come together in corporate prayer on a Sunday morning, and we're praying for someone who's sick or hurting or depressed or whatever it is, how much more incredible is that prayer time going to be when God's people are individually seeking his face like never before and living out that, that life of, of constant communication with the Father? There's a difference between being a participant in a game and being a spectator. You get to experience the atmosphere a little bit, but you have no real say-so in how the game is being played or what's happening on the field or anything like that, right? All you can do is try to hopefully influence through your talking, which a lot of people in church love to be spectators. They love to just shout out, I don't like this. Change the music. Raise up the lights. Get rid of the bacon fog, right? (laughs) If you're here early, you know what I'm talking about. Thank you, Jesus, for bacon fog. But it's a whole different experience when you choose to suit up and get in the game. It's totally different. What the world needs is less spectators in, in the church and more participants in what God is doing. And going all the way back full circle, how do you know what the shepherd's voice sounds like? How do you know what he wants to do if you're not talking to him? So what are you going to do different this year than you did last year concerning your prayer life? 
If, if you got any homework this week, it's going to be this. Go and figure out a way that you can start being intentional about your prayer time. I propose that you need to have someone who can hold you accountable. Anytime you talk about bringing in this new spiritual habit in your life, if you're trying to do it on your own, you're, you're more likely going to fail. But if you got somebody else on the same journey that says, look, I'm going to try this too. And I, and I believe in God's going to do something different in my life because I'm choosing to pursue him at a different level this year. Can you hold me accountable to it? Now you've got two people on a journey of pursuing Jesus at a very intimate level, iron sharpening iron, saying, hey, no, let's keep on track. Let's keep going. Hey, man, I know it's early, but the gym is still there, and so is your belly, so you got to get to the gym. Let's go. But you know what's good about accountability, and this really is just a side note on this whole message of prayer this morning, is that sometimes it's like, hey, man, you don't need that Dr. Pepper. Hey, man... Remember how you used to struggle with, with what you say to people? You get angry because you listen to certain kind of music that just influence your brain. Like every time you listen to it, you, you leave, and all of a sudden you're in a bad mood. Maybe you should like pull back on that. And now you're like, oh yeah, you know what? I did spend I spent an hour listening to this stuff, and I, I could barely do two minutes in in a prayer time. Maybe my priorities aren't where I thought they were. I wouldn't know that without accountability. You know, when people get involved at Life Church, <laughs> if you're here, I'm, I'm blessed to have you because we don't do things at a surface level when it comes to accountability. And we've created a team that helps lead at that, at that level of saying, no, we're not going to settle for just okay when it comes to accountability and growth. And we're not talking about numbers, we're talking about people. And a lot of times people are like, yeah, I just don't want that. I'm going to go to where it feels good for me. It's comfortable. I can go home and watch the Cowboys beat whoever they're playing because that's going to happen. Praise the Lord. Right, Dustin? Amen. <laughs> I just know that, guys, we can't go into another year. And I'm not saying that we have been this last year. But, but collectively as a church as a whole throughout America, we can't have another year where we're just playing church and trying to look trendy on social media and have these great one-liners that are shareable and that they sound so good and they're great, but they're not bringing life change to anybody because people are just retweeting or resharing and then still living like they have been. So without discipleship and intentional disciples making and, and being intentional with our, our pursuit of God, nothing is going to change for us this year. So what are you going to do different this year? How are you changing your prayer life this year? I want you to start by saying, yes, I'm going to pursue God. And two, I'm going to pursue a relationship with someone else that can help hold me accountable. Because if you don't, you're going to do great for a week if you make it seven days. But guys, the world needs more from us than just celebrating inside of a building on a Sunday morning. What the world needs is for us to be real, to be transparent, and to say, yeah, it's a struggle for me too, man. But you know what? The grace of God is so good and so big that he helps pick me up when I get down and we just keep going. And I'm helping bring other people on this journey. I'm not going to settle for just being on this by myself because... I don't want anybody to perish without knowing who Jesus Christ really is. I don't want anyone to miss out on the abundant life he can offer right now. 
And if you're waiting on the pastor to hold your hand through that, I only got two. All I'm saying, I got three kids and a wife. I'm sorry, okay? God didn't call you to be seat warmers. He didn't call you to be the one-hour Christians. He wants you to live in every single moment in such a way that your life is like the fire falling down the altar where people are experiencing the presence of God. What are you going to do different? I'm going to ask this the whole month of January until you get tired of hearing me ask it. Like, I'm doing something different. Give me a break, you know. I'm going to keep asking you. Because I don't want you getting comfortable in your chair. I don't want you to get comfortable at Life Church where you just sit down. Listen, God is calling you to do something. It may not be within the context of a Sunday morning service. It might be that you're out here doing something for people on, uh, in the crack houses down the street. But God's calling you to do something. To bring his kingdom somewhere. To bring his gospel message to somebody. And if you're not pursuing God in prayer, you're going to miss out on opportunities because he's speaking to you right now. We don't need some organized religious thing to say, okay, well, now I feel ready to go. We're going to have opportunities to come together and do things. But listen, that's not every day. So what are you doing to do things differently now than you did last year in your prayer life, in your service? How How are you being on mission with Jesus this year? What's he telling you? What's he speaking to your family about? No titles, no big productions, none of that stuff. What is he talking to you about that's going to be different than what you did last year that's going to help bring someone else into the family of God so that their lives can be transformed like your life has been? Let's stand and pray this morning. I'm going to pray over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, for all these people in this room. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in their life. God, I thank you for the call to be different. Lord, and it starts with our prayer life. And I pray we're as bold as Solomon to stand in front of people, whoever's around, God, that we're going to be bold enough to say, no, I have to go speak to the Father right now, Lord. Give us that courage to do that, Father. Lord, I thank you for your grace that covers us every day, Lord. Lord, I just speak again in just thankfulness that you are healing our brains, you're healing our hearts. That the kingdom of darkness does not have a foothold on families at Life Church and in Orange County, and in America, God. We're we're just speaking against all that stuff. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your love that you have for us. And I pray all this in Jesus' my name and all God's people said, amen. We love you guys. Please have a blessed week this week and find some time to be intentional with your prayer life. We love you. Go and be blessed.